SRN News. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park and 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Don't get hung up about how much faith you have to have to be saved. There are many people who get who get so wrapped up in faith that they forget that the object of their faith is the person of Christ. It's not how much faith you have that saves you. It's who your faith is in. Don't put your faith in faith. Put your faith in Christ. Having faith in our faith is a little like picking yourself up by the belt loops. No matter how hard you try, your feet stay on the ground. So how do we obtain the righteousness God requires for eternal life? That's our topic today on Verse by Verse. We sometimes hear about police or military actions in which innocent victims are hurt or killed. It's a common term we find in newspapers along with innocent bystanders. But every time I read it, it reminds me that our standards of goodness are faulty. If we read and understand the Bible, and in particular these first three chapters of Romans which we have been studying, it becomes abundantly clear that there are no innocent victims. That's because there are no innocent people. We are all guilty before God. I used to work with a fellow who, even though he was not saved, at least understood something of human nature. He turned the phrase on its head and talked about guilty bystanders. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily radio Bible classes are an extension of his expository or verse-by-verse teaching ministry. We are indeed guilty and unable to attain God's standards for eternal life. Yet God has graciously provided a way to bestow upon us the necessary righteousness. Let's turn to Romans chapter 3 and get ready to wrap up Pastor Steve's three-part message about the righteousness that God provides. And let me explain something. It is not faith that saves you. That is simply the instrument that God uses. It is Christ who saves you. Don't be mistaken by thinking you have faith when your faith is in your faith. And let me explain that. Don't get hung up about how much faith you have to have to be saved. There are many people who get, who get so wrapped up in faith that they forget that the object of their faith is the person of Christ. It's not how much faith you have that saves you. It's who your faith is in. Don't put your faith in faith. Put your faith in Christ. The Bible says your sins have been paid for by Jesus Christ. What, what does faith do? Faith, faith has knowledge of that. Faith agrees with that. And faith simply trusts that. That's all. It is so simple. It is trusting it is relying upon, it is putting your whole weight for all of eternity upon Christ and His death for you on the cross. It is not just trusting His teachings. It is not just trusting His life. It is trusting that He, the righteous one, died in our place and paid for our sins. And I simply trust that. I rely on that. I rest in that. Christ is the object of our trust. Faith is merely the tool to provide, that God uses to provide righteousness for us. Otherwise, let me tell you otherwise, if you, if you don't follow that, you know what it is? Then faith becomes a, a work. See, faith is not a work. If faith is something that I can, can have in myself, 
and it's a work, then you know what? Then I can boast about it. You ever hear little children? I think it's a universal expression, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. You know, I mean, if you ever hear, all around the world they say that, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. I don't know what it means, but exactly, but, uh, but I had the gist of it. It means I've got something that you don't have. So there, that's, that's the, the heart of it. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is God's gift. Not of works, why? Lest anyone should boast. If faith were a work, then you can boast about it. And you can get to heaven and say, I had faith, and he didn't. Look at me. I can boast. See, it's not. Don't get hung up on your faith. Faith is really the, the gift of God to us. But faith is not what we're to put our faith in. We're put, to put our faith in Christ. So we've seen that righteousness is apart from the law. It's attested to in the scriptures. It is available through faith, which is very simple. Rest. Rest in what God has said. Jesus said, it is finished. When you come to him and say, Lord, it's finished. There's nothing I can do to add to it. I rest in what's been done. That's faith. And if some of you are struggling with doubts of salvation, when Satan comes to you, how do you know you have enough faith? That's not the issue. How do you know that you're going to go to heaven? Because Christ has paid for your sins, finished. That's how you know. And that's how you answer that kind of thinking. Otherwise, you get introspective, you get morbid, you start looking at yourself and your faith. Do I have enough? Do I have enough? That's not even the issue. Look away from your faith and look to Christ. And the issue is settled. It's not what you have, it's what he's done. You just rest in that. Finally, not finally, but uh, it's available through faith and is accessible to all. It is accessible to all. To whom is this righteousness offered? Is it just to a select few? No, it's accessible to all. Look at the rest of verse 22. Well, let's look at the beginning. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is accessible to all who will trust Christ because it is needed by all, and he means by all, Jews and Gentiles, everybody. Either you're a Jew or you're a Gentile, okay? Everybody. In other words, Paul is telling us that righteousness is offered to all who will believe because all are in need of it. See, the Jew thought the Gentile needed righteousness real bad, but not him. Paul says, look, there is no distinction. You and your self-righteous hypocrisy don't think you're better than anybody else. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Now, you may think that others need... I've met people like that. You know, their feeling was, I'm so glad for you. You have found something. And what they're really saying is, you needed it. I don't. That's really what they're saying. You really were rotten, but I'm not in that category. You may think that the child molester needs divine righteousness, or the rapist needs divine righteousness, or the murderer needs divine righteousness, but not you. But God says that you and everybody else are in the same category. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And what does that mean? Let me explain it here, because certainly in one sense there is a distinction. When um, people are put in prison, they're not all there for the same crimes, and so there is a distinction there. 
But on the other hand, there is no distinction because they're all there because they're criminals. Now, there may be a distinction in how you have outwardly sinned. You may not have raped anyone or murdered anyone or been a child molester, but that doesn't mean that you're not in the same category with them as far as being a sinner because you've all and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. You know what fall short means? It means to lack. That's what right. It means to lack. It's the same word that's used of the prodigal son when he began to be in need. That expression in need. And he came to his senses. He was in need. He came up short of the funds he needed. So we, so, so we come up short of what we need, which is divine righteousness. That's what God is saying. Now, let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Children are very concerned about how tall they are. You know, and you hear constantly, I'm taller than you, or you're little. They, they don't speak in terms of age. They speak in terms of bigness and, and littleness. But what if the standard were the, was the moon? What if the standard was the moon? What difference does it make if a child is a few inches taller than another child? All have come short of the standard. Nobody is as tall as the moon. Some may be taller than others, but it doesn't make any difference. Just a few weeks ago, my family and I were on a very tall mountains in the Colorado Rockies. And uh, we were so high up there, we got snow one day. Well, I was closer to the sun than you were in Florida. The sun, S-U-N, you understand what I mean. But if the standard was the sun, what difference does it make if I was so close that there was snow and you were sweating in hot Florida? What difference does it make? We've all come short of the standard. See, Paul isn't saying that we've all sinned to the same degree, but if you have sinned, you've, you've failed. You've come short of the standard. And what is the standard? The standard is the glory of God, which is his absolute perfection. Included in that is his perfect righteousness. See, it's accessible to all because all need it. No matter how you look, no matter, as I said last week, it's a matter of whether we are, are sinners in rags or sinners in silk. As far as God says, he looks at our heart and says, you've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We will get back to the lesson in just a moment. We'd like to welcome you if you have just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For the past few weeks, we have been studying the first three chapters of Romans. We are nearing the end of this series, and these final few verses of Romans chapter 3 are among the most important in the Bible. The truth is that every word in God's Word is essential, but what makes these verses especially vital is that they provide a solution to the problem that we all have. How do we, as unworthy sinners, enter the kingdom of God? Here is Pastor Steve to tell us more. So righteousness is needed by all so God graciously makes it accessible to all who will believe. Now, don't turn your thinking off. Because up to this point, Paul has merely told us that righteousness is available from God to all who will trust Christ. That's basically all that he said. But the question is, how does it work? Why? Why can God do this? Why does he do it for us? And Paul explains as he unfolds one more truth about divine righteousness. that we'll just see part of it and pick it up the rest of it next week. It is accomplished through redemption. It is accomplished through redemption. This is how the whole things the whole thing works. Look at verses look at verse twenty four. 
being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Now, in verses 24 and 25, there are three big theological words. We'll only look at one of them. They're big in size, but they're not that, that hard to understand. And the one that we're going to look at this morning is justified. Justified. How many have ever heard that? Just raise your hand. How many have ever heard that expression, justified? Okay. How many think they know what it means? Okay. Let me explain. Because... Justification is often defined as just as if I had never sinned. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. In fact, Marv Rosenthal, in his uh, messages on, on Romans, says not only is that kindergarten, it's erroneous. I've heard that many times. Just, I've heard it from people who ought to know better. They say justification is just as if I had never sinned. You know what that means? It means all that you are innocent. You're just an innocent sinner. If that's all that it means, it means that you're just innocent. You're just pardoned. You're just forgiven. Justification means so much more than that. What does it mean? It is a legal term by which a believing sinner is declared righteous before God while still being in himself unrighteous. It is a legal declaration. When you think of justification, don't think of how it affects your behavior right now. It is God's act by which he makes a legal declaration of acceptability before him. God regards us as righteous. He pronounces us as righteous. That is all that it is. It is, God, it is the act of God whereby he looks at a man or woman who's still in the state of sin and he declares that person righteous. And he says it is on their record that they're righteous. Contrary to what some believe, as I said, it does not mean just as if I had never sinned. That's innocence. We have so much more than innocence. We, well, first of all, are not really innocent, but we have been declared righteous. The person who believes in his son, God says that person is righteous. Don't, don't misunderstand. Justification doesn't mean that right now I behave righteously. It will obviously affect my behavior. But as far as what God is saying, it, it, it just changes your legal standing. When God sees you, he sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When God sees you, he sees you, and, and this is just a mind blower, but he sees us as righteous as his son. Say, so what if I don't behave? Righteous. That's not what justification is dealing with. Justification simply says that in God's sight, you are declared righteous. You see, nobody just makes it into heaven. Either you are declared righteous because of faith in his son, or you're not. Your behavior may not be in accordance with what God says about you, but that doesn't change the fact that God declares you are righteous. He has put the righteousness of Christ on your record in the place of your own sinfulness. In God's sight, you're just as righteous as Christ. This week as I was studying this, I, I just had to put my, my books away and I, I just had to worship the Lord. It was so overwhelming to realize that God is, has taken a sinner like myself and he's declared me righteous. You say, well, why has he done that? Why does he do that with anybody? You know why? Look at the rest of verse 24. 
being justified as a gift. As a gift. You know why God justifies us? Not because we're so good. No, it's a gift. You don't work for a gift. Do you know what the word gift really means? Literally, it means without a cause. Without a cause. In John chapter 15, verse 25, Jesus said to his disciples as he left them, he said, because of the world's hatred of the believer, he said, they hated me without a cause. Same word here. What does he mean? He means that there was nothing in Christ that deserved hatred. There is no valid reason why people should hate him. You know what God is saying? When God looks at us, he says he justifies us. He declares us righteous, even though there's no reason in us that God would do it. It's a gift without a cause. There's nothing that would cause God to do it from our standpoint. I illustrate it this way. If you have children, you know that, that one hits the other, and you come, and you, you haven't seen what happened, and we ask this question, and I've done this many times, even though it's not a good question, why did you do that? Now, I know the answer. The answer is because they're sinful. I know that. You know, they're not going to say it that way. They usually give excuses. Why did you do that? And you know what they inevitably answer? Because, you know, because, and you're waiting, you know, because why? Cause, you know, they even shorten it, just cause. They have no other answer. Because, listen, when God justifies us, declares us righteous, you know why he does it? Because. There is no valid reason for mercy. God does it just because he does it. He, ha he doesn't have to give a reason. He's done it simply because. And that's why he goes on to say in verse 24, being justified as a gift by his grace. The only reason is his grace. It's because. Well, what is Paul saying? And we'll stop here. What is he saying? Salvation is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. And all that he said, it is apart from the law. If it were part of the law, you'd work for it, and it's no gift. It is attested to by the scriptures. It's not old, it's a new message. It is available through faith. Would you simply trust Christ? Stop trusting yourself, stop trusting faith, stop trusting anything but Christ and Him alone. It is accessible to all, all who see their need for a Savior, all who see their need, and all do have this need, and it is accomplished through redemption. We'll see that next week. His justification is based on redemption. What is redemption? He paid the price for our sin. He did it. And he turns to us and he says, I'm offering this gift of righteousness to you. What do you have to do to receive a gift? You take it. You just take it. You have the choice to either refuse the gift or receive it. It's up to you. God has said, this is the way it is. And with a gracious spirit, God says, either take it or leave it. But he wants you to take it. Shall we bow for prayer? Your faith found a resting place. As the song says, not in device or creed. Do you trust the ever-living one? 
who bled for you and his wounds were for you. That's all that you plead. Where is your faith? Is it in Christ? Have you made faith that aspect of trust or do you just have an intellectual awareness? Have you received his righteousness by faith? I hope so. I hope if you haven't done that, that you will. You don't have to do it in a church, but we'd be happy to help you. We'd be happy to give you counsel. I'm going to be up at the front after the service. And uh, I'd like you to come to me if you, if you have a need to find out more about Christ, about trusting him. And we'll help you and I'll be able to lead you to a counselor. I'll introduce you to someone who can help you. But I'll be up here at the front. Invite you to come up after the service. A dear Christian friend, while this message is directed at really those who don't know Christ, you know, it speaks so much to us because we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded of what salvation is all about. Because sometimes we who have known the Lord for a while forget what grace is all about. Sometimes we get so kind of self-righteous and we need to be reminded what it was like before we knew Christ so that we'll appreciate all that we have in Christ. We have righteousness. Not part of it, not 99% of it, divine righteousness. And though the message is not this, we'll see it later on in Romans. If we are declared righteous, then let's behave righteously. Let's be a witness to those around us with a righteous life. And let's worship and adore the God who has given us righteousness simply because. Father, we thank you for these truths, truths that are unfolded to us from the pen of Paul and from the heart and mind of the Spirit of God. And Father, the, this is the heart of the gospel, righteousness provided by you. Lord, may those who need Christ, who have never received his righteousness, may they do so today. May they seek counsel. May they trust Christ. Not, you know, for, for us to look good in response to a message, but simply because of the glory of God, because this is what you want. And this is why we could say we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. For in that gospel, it's revealed the righteousness of God. Lord, may we have a church filled with people who have received Christ's righteousness. And may we, Lord, who have, who, who have received this righteousness, behave like what we really are before you. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Years ago, I heard a message that revolutionized my understanding of the Bible. The pastor asked for people to tell him what the Bible was about. Some said the cross, some said the Lord Jesus, some said God's plan of redemption. All of those were good answers, but at the heart of it all, behind the cross and the free salvation, we find grace. He proposed that the Bible is about God's grace toward us. And I have discovered that when I read the word with that in mind, everything fits together and I get a clear picture of what the Bible is really saying. Thanks for joining us today for another verse-by-verse -verse Bible class of the air. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher. He has been serving for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily broadcasts are productions of Verse-by-Verse -verse Ministries, 
a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of listeners like you. Our class today was the conclusion of a three-part message. To hear it all at once, you can order a CD or cassette. Just call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours. The number again is 727-441-1714. You can also find us on the web at versebyverseradio.org. Stop by and explore sometime. We have audio files and information about Pastor Steve and Verse by Verse Ministries. That's versebyverseradio.org. Are you old enough to remember savings stamps? My mother used to save the S&H green stamps she got from the grocery store. When she had enough of them, she could redeem them for things like toasters or mixing bowls. We will learn more about redemption and how it fits in with God's gracious gift of righteousness on the next Verse by Verse. I hope you can join us. Encouraging you in Christ. Long before the pain, God was there. Long before the struggle, God was there. Someone want to ask somebody that was going through a trial, this is where was God when the tragedy happened? The answer was the same place he was when it was all good. Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN.